Well, hello, once again, you have found a Texas Steampunk Connection, broadcasting to you throughout the multiverse, Steamverse, from our various bunkers and airships. With me, as always, is Thax, Gentleman Adventurer. Hello, hello. <laughs> with me is Jack from Steam Chest. Hello. <laughs> and we have with us today, Master Blue Stocking from <laughs> Steampunk Dollhouse Podcast. So once again, we are here to talk, oh, probably about Steampunk, most likely, because that's what this is about. Thank you for listening to the Texas Steampunk Connection. Hello. All right. It's another Tuesday night. And uh, we might talk about some more hats tonight. <laughs> Part of the larger discussion. Yes. Lots of yeah. hats. We, All we sizes. Talked about, we talked about hats the last two episodes. And uh, I think we're running out of things to talk about hats. But not yet. Not yet. There's uh, just a little bit more. Um, a little bit. <laughs> uh, <laughs> let me shout out to uh, Mick and Kristen in the chats. And I know uh, Suko Sage is, is in here, too. So, hi, everybody. Thank you for joining us. How's, how's the last two weeks been? <laughs> <laughs> a lot of my life has changed, but for the better. It's uh, just we had to do that running leap off that cliff, and now we're just hoping the parachute works. But... Uh, I did a lot of preparing for this time period, so I just got to think really hard about the whole I think I can thing and then just pray that I pack the parachute. <laughs> Pull all the rip cords because there's more than one. But just to say prepared. congratulations on your new job. Thank well you. Well done. Thank well you. done. And your new car. And my new car <laughs> at the same time. It's pretty nice. It's swank. New car years are out of date. Nice. I know it's so pretty. I mean, a couple little things I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to mess with. I'm gonna have to like reinstall the NOS system and like you know, put the turbochargers in the uh, emergency um, emergency inflatable for under. So whenever my car is flying, I have the ability to jump out of a yellow raft out of the air. You never know. Are we talking Fast and Furious Steampunk Edition? <laughs> that or yeah, yeah. See that right there. I would, isn't that what that whole like moving building, like moving city house movie could have been about if they really uh, Mortal did it Engines? Right? Uh, yeah. Read the book. The book, the, that book I, that I want been, to. I haven't seen the movie so yet either because I've, I've I liked heard the movie. so much weird about it. I don't okay. care what anybody says. I liked the movie, but I'm also charmed by spectacle. I don't need a whole lot of, you know, plot if there's things blowing up and, you know, there's cities on wheels and stuff. Yeah, I'm fine. So, which is why I like Fast and Furious series. Cities. Not a lot of plot whole lot of action i'm good yeah <laughs> like that's the reason i'm looking forward to this maverick movie i'm just like it's everything i ever wanted it's it's hey, another 80s we saw it sunday oh yeah matt was really excited to go and yeah no it's uh, not bad it's not bad it's just not what we were expecting a lot of hype going with it yeah a lot of fan service but also some weird i don't know it was fine you know it was just I guess I was expecting more, considering that it took 30 years to make it. <laughs> so I was, you know, a little caught off guard, but... Yeah, yeah every hour that they're in the Jets cost $11,500. <laughs> yeah, that's what that's what they're going right to rent, a, to rent the service of a jet from the Navy is right now. Yeah, Matt's right. It was underwritten. They just, they could have done more with it. Like I said, given how much time they spent on it, they could have done more with Lori. It was, I think yeah. it was mostly just to put Tom Cruise back in a jet. Is really all it was. <laughs> Putting Tom Cruise back in a jet, it made more money in a box office over the first weekend than most of any of his other movies, barring the fact you're counting that it didn't launch in Russia or China. 
and it still made like 155 million or something stupid. Wow! So really? he's already made all his money back, and you know, here we go. Paid for the jets. So, <laughs> paid for the yeah, paid for the jets. <laughs> Considering he wasn't allowed to touch any of the controls in any of the jets, which I think is hilarious, and it looks like he does. The, you know, so like he did a lot of pulling that off somehow. Well, apparently he's a pilot. I don't know. I'm not going to go into it. Matt's got a whole story about it, but apparently he actually is a pilot, so it makes him look. He knows yeah. he he actually does to a certain extent know what he's doing. I guess so. He does all of his own stunts. He pretty uh, much has to learn every position. Bonkers! Yeah. That is bonkers. Climbing the the hotel in Dubai. Oh my! But anyway, I mean, go see it. It's loud. It's exciting. So a lot of a lot of airplanes. That's that's yes. what a lot of us are in it for. So yes. Passport <laughs> past the volleyball and the, and there the romantic is a volleyball love scene. interest and the weird karaoke scene. Let's get back to the jets. Come on. <laughs> How was your weekend, Thax? <laughs> uh, uh, pretty, pretty slow. Pretty unremarkable. Just hanging out of the house mostly, and uh, walking the dogs, and taking them to the dog park, and uh, just pretty chill. Uh, nothing outrageous to report. Uh, on Monday, I did go to a new sort of bar lounge uh, in East Austin that I thought was pretty cool. Uh, nothing steampunk, but I had a good time. Had a good time not doing much of anything. What was the place? Where you know, did you go? I'm sorry. Where did you go? Uh, the uh, the bar was called. Yeah. Uh, what was it called? Slightly tropical. Okay. <laughs> Interesting. No, kinda, kinda tropical. Kinda <laughs> tropical. <laughs> Which I don't know. I did not find it particularly tropical at all, except for the heat and humidity. Uh, <laughs> getting out there at, at four in the afternoon for happy hour. But uh, it was under a big tree, and uh, they had fans running, and they did everything they could to keep things reasonably cool. And it was, it was cool. It was good. Um, there is a, I guess there's a swimming pool next door. It's not a neighborhood that I know of. So there were people in swimsuits. Is that kind of tropical? <laughs> I mean, it could be, yeah. Okay. I mean, let's run the French side of the island. <laughs> What y'all drinking? Well, I mean, it's not like mine's haven't been seen already, but I had one of these running around in the uh, refrigerator, so I'm like, I'm gonna pull this back out because it's been one of those weekends. That's a that's a high gravity beer, isn't it? Yeah, it's pretty nice. Yeah. I need one, and you're just like <laughs> sip on it all day. Okay, maybe all day, maybe three for an entire day if you're trying to go from like morning to dawn uh, to dusk or something. But so it's like uh, a beverage and a meal all at once. Yeah, it's very bready. Exceedingly Traveling bready. food. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> they feed this to mutters, I hear, on other planets. <laughs> Irish Places traveling food. I want to go to the little town where I'm, you know, the little back asteroid town where I'm a hero. What are you drinking, Thax? Uh, well, a few episodes ago, you guys both had ciders, and I was kind of <gasps> jealous. So I got some some austin East ciders. Nice. <laughs> well, you did have some. He had, he had some cider. Um, it's all over his keyboard now. It's... It's a, a, a very good, serviceable dry cider from East Austin. And uh, that, that's what I'm having tonight. It's serviceable, uh, like like easy to maintain, like the oil's easy to change. I mean, it's... it's the hubcaps come off. It gets the job done. It gets the job. <laughs> well, I went back to my Moscato, though. I needed something light and a little fizzy, because it is just nasty up here right now. Mm-hmm. Same. Yeah, I'm very happy my car has air conditioning now, and uh, the office I work in 
they like it at like 68. So I'm thinking about like buying half a cow and hanging it up in my office. <laughs> so just, just take some carvings before I go home. <laughs> it's really nice. Well, congratulations on all the new stuff that you got going on. It's very exciting. Thank you. I didn't even get to mow my lawn last week, so I have to do it this oh. week sometime. Oh, oh no. Yeah, I'm going to have to use like a machete and a flamethrower and knock back <laughs> some of the man-eating plants. Go tame that rose bush again before it takes over the neighbor's yard and their well, family. I mean, it's a more sustainable option to, you know, just kind of let things go a little <laughs> wild. So let it keep them in an HOA. They're against Oh, ooh. They're like, we should be able to use your house as a third tee off, you know, uh, 18 holes. HOAs are horrible. Your tree is dying. No, it's not. It's turning yellow because those leaves are supposed to fall off now. And it starts new leaves. It's an oak tree. They do that. Can you just hire people who don't know what they're doing in people's lawns? Hmm. <sighs> well, Anywho, we're here to talk about hats, right? Well, sort of. Sort of. I don't know how to breach this subject because it's not fun. And like, we like to have fun here. Um, I actually got a couple hats that we can go over to begin with if we want to start lighthearted about un unacceptable hats in, in costume. Due to their ramifications of where they come from. And their associations, right. yeah. And, you know, what they indicate to people that see them. Um, because the Victorian era was full of colonialism, racism. Uh, uh, cultural appropriation. Imperialism, <laughs> cultural appropriation, Orientalism. Class warfare. Nobody yeah. had a good time in actual, <laughs> well, very few people. None of I us. I mean, upper middle class white men had a great time. <laughs> Yeah, going they back in time for all us over the place. is like awesome. Anyone else that go back in time, they're gonna have a bad time. But for us, we go back in time like, oh, we have a table for you over here, sir. But the future, we can't go to the future. That's that's the place we're not allowed to go. Yeah, well, and one thing that it's a, I think it's important to remember as we start talking about this, because I got a lot of crap when I started my show because people told me I was taking the sucking the fun out of steampunk by making it political. The thing is. Yes, steampunk is alternate histories a lot of the time and counterfactuals, but that doesn't erase what actually happened. And, you know, industrial era, the industrial era happened in a very, very specific way. And you can't just say, poof, all of it's gone. You know, everybody was treated well in this world. And there was no fascism when this, at the turn of the century when this was happening. Yeah, industrialism like was kind of built on the reason... backs of a lot yeah. of people. It just, it, yeah. it, it was. And it's not, I mean, it's stories, <laughs> steampunk stories are great fun. I love them. That's why I got started on all of this. But it's okay to accept the political nature of it. Everything is inherently political. It just is. So, you know, there's but things that people, should be discussed. I get people's position that, you know, they, they got into steampunk because they wanted to have fun. It's Absolutely. just a, a fun thing that they wanted to do. And uh, it's, it's kind of awkward that we're playing in with, with Victorian aesthetics and some historical Victorian roots mm -hmm. where nobody had fun. And so how, <laughs> how do we, how do we do that? <laughs> uh, so that's what we're talking about tonight. Yeah. And, and it's, I think it's, sorry, go on. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. Mm. I think it's one of those things. It's hard to figure out where the fine line is because it's like, well, I want to dress up in, you know, let's say petrol punk and, you know, world war one, world war two is very prevalent. And, you know, I throw on some, you know, let's say I'm let's say I'm just gonna go for fighter aces here and I start putting on some leathers and I mean the the German symbol for their planes is you know something that everyone is instantly recognizable. But I don't know, it's kind of one of those like where does the 
where's the where's the trade-off to where it no longer becomes acceptable to use such things? I mean, obviously, direct resemblances of any major um, symbolism, even if you get rid of it, um, change it with something else. It's still there to a degree because of design. I think you're safer in World War One flying aces because, <laughs> well, honestly, people just don't remember or haven't studied World War One enough to be, you know, they're just ignorant of it. Everyone wore the same leather hats with goggles and, you know, they wear leather jackets and whatnot. That's what you wore because you were in an open cockpit and planes were very new. And I mean, World War, as and the political ramifications of World War One were basically undoing all of the medieval age up to this point, um, based uh, all their different treaties and whatnot. It just undid hundreds of years worth of um, politics. And so it's kind of a, the great unraveling. And I don't know, what, I, I'm not a historian. I apologize for not coming up with the right <laughs> words. People are very laughing at me. But No. no. Uh, the, I think the, from all of the reading that I've done and everything that I've, the one comment, the one thread is that we want steampunk to be for everyone right mm -hmm. we want it to be available and open for all people for everyone to join and enjoy it and play but we have to keep in mind that if someone of you know indian you know south asian descent or you know pakistan india they want to play and they see someone just you know a white dude just blithely wandering through with a pith helmet that is a very direct whether they realize it or not and most people don't they don't think about the colonial connotations of the pith helmet unless you're on the other side of that and then do think about the connotations so that's where that is where i think a lot of the confusion comes in is depend <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm offended <laughs> you have to think about the connotations when, when you're wearing something it's just yes we want to have fun I do too. I, you know, put on my bustle and my corset, and, you know, and I go to events, but you got to consider the side that you're on, the side that you're viewing it from and how other mm -hmm. people as well. Not, I don't want to say sides that turns it into a battle. It's not, you just have to consider how you, how you view it versus how other people may be viewing it. Take other right, people's yeah. life experiences into account and, you know, just keep that in mind. No one is screaming at you to stop doing this or just saying, be aware you know, of the, the stories and the histories behind it, because it's saying that it's steampunk doesn't wipe that out. Yeah. The history is still there. And it's never, I, I don't think, our intention by putting on a, a pith helmet to to enrage anyone. We're, we're, mm -hmm. we're just here to have fun and, uh, and play with costumes. Um, and uh, yeah, where, where we live in Texas, it's, it's freaking hot. And <laughs> the pith helmet is really good for catching the breeze and blowing it over your scalp it's uh from an engineering point of view it's a great hat for the heat uh which is why the imperialists wore it when they went over to india where it was hot and then and their they skin wasn't used to that yeah that all over the local population now everyone's yeah. mad them, <laughs> well i they, mean they deserve but <laughs> uh crap um well, no, and this is why I never tried to venture into this subject on this show. And was because right, this is so fun. you know, because I just want, you know, I don't want to poop on everybody's fun. You know, like I said, I like it too. It's why when you know, when I dove into it, you know, however long ago it was, and it was just I don't know, maybe it was just because I started reading more and you know started focusing on and I because history was one of my focuses at school that I learned a lot more than I 
thought I would. And a lot of it was really sad and depressing and horrible. And But it made me think yeah. about things more. And like I said, I, I love steampunk. Y'all got you. I mean, I'm here. I love it. But I just, I think it's okay to take a critical look at things and to, you know, to understand, sure. you know, yeah. this, the stories behind it. And there's a lot of amazing stories out there that, you know, don't get told. Because also the Victorian era wasn't the be all end all. There was a lot of places that were industrializing. And so that's, you know, look at different areas. Had, like, like the United States. The West. West. Yeah. We've got our own stories of exactly. imperialism and murder. And, oh, wow. I find it. <laughs> Interesting how I've had to explain that cowboys are considered to be part of steampunk when I go to certain you know, conventions. They're like, you're not steampunk. What part of the wild, wild west did you miss? I mean, yeah, you know, the, the flagship sadly, the flagship movie for a whole movement. And you're like, that ain't steampunk. It's a lot of people do consider the Victorian part to be all of it. it? Yes, they do. Like, as a bunch, so many books that I've read, like, it's Victorian industrialism. No, it's not. <laughs> There's so much more to it than that. There's so much more to it than that. Just broaden your minds a little bit. That's there, all. There's, there's a, another, there's got to be at least one other uh, uh, Facebook group called uh, I I Intercultural Steampunk, but they pull a lot from, from uh, India and, and the Far East and, uh, you know, other cultures that are, are taking cues from their own history of the period that that isn't elizabeth or that isn't under queen victoria specifically but you know incorporating those things into their shtick and it's really really cool um and it, it's it's nice that uh, they don't have to worry about how they were oppressors like some of us well, and I can't find the quote now. I can't remember, but Jamie Go was really big in the scene. She did her master's thesis and her dissertation on cold steampunk, and she wrote an article. I can't. I'll have to find it later and share it to the Facebook page. But she basically, the way she defined it was industrialization. I'll find the quote, but it, it takes it out of the Victorian era and any you know, um, society or culture that is built on industrialization and theme power, which means that it could be anywhere. You know, um, yeah. it could be Chinese. It could be. It's, um, there's a series called the. Uh, what is it? The Gunpowder Chronicles by Jeannie Lin, the Clockwork, Clockwork Samurai, and um, I can't remember the other one. My brain is lost right now. But those are set in China and Japan, and they are fighting against the the um, East India Company and the Opium Wars. And it is amazing. There is a female bandit who lives in the woods and she has clockwork legs because her bound feet, she couldn't walk because when she was a child, her feet were bound. And so someone makes her clockwork prostheses for her legs so she can, you know, go running through the forest. It's, it's so cool. So there's just, oh, there's so many options out there for steampunk. There's so many places that you can go and things that you can look at, you know, and they don't even have to be on this world. They can be completely built worlds that are, you know, mm -hmm. just, filled with everything fantastical it's you know sorry <laughs> we are stuck talking about you know let's not use you know the world war ii german helmet or something in our costume uh <laughs> sorry i didn't mean to run up on a tangent no, yeah, no, I, I always in, in, enjoy your tangents um <laughs> I don't no even think said that to me before. If you watch, if you listen to our our show last uh, last episode, it it was all tangents. But um, <laughs> yeah, it was. the episode of Great so, Tangent. The, the uh, my feeling about going into purely fantasy worlds is there. 
usually, unless it's a really good writer, they're not nearly as uh, diverse and colorful and, and interesting as ones that I find are based off uh, real world historical roots. Because it's, you know, real history is ultimately so much more interesting and, and uh, multifaceted. It's grounded in something that you know is it's really hard to recreate that unless you're like J.R.R. Tolkien or something. Uh, well, you know, he does take 18 pages to describe a tree. So yeah, yeah, lots really of exposition. Cool tree. It's a really uh, cool tree. <laughs> have you read the the China Mieville series, the Perdido Street Station um, and Scar? They're long. Bookshelf. It's on my bookshelf, um, but I haven't picked it up. That's one of my. Fa- I mean, it's super long, but it's 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 a built world, and there are there. Oh my God! There's people that have been um, for punishment. People get reformed into these just horrific sites. Yeah, I won't. Some of them are so horrible um, that I'm not. I won't. Yeah, there's body horror involved, so you got to be careful oh, so with kinda, those. But kind of has that Dune aspect to it with the uh, the thing in the background. Gotcha. I mean, honestly, I read like the first few wandered was, off and read something else. The <laughs> I didn't see the movie either. I might watch it, but I haven't got around to that yet. Um, one thing I can say though, I mean like different steampunk, one of the things we can look at or that is definitely worth a read is Justina Ireland's Dread Nation and the Deathless reading Just a few months ago, right? I had the, the, the last episode that I posted on my show was about Dread Nation and then uh, the Deathless, I think Deathless Divide as a second book came out. Excellent black steampunk in an alternate uh, America where the Civil War ended because zombies rose up on the fields of Gettysburg. <laughs> Effectively ended the war. All the slaves were free, it. but black young black girls were conscripted into schools and trained to fight, how to fight zombies so they could protect rich white families. Right, and but see, it, even then, that that has, it, it's it's an alternative history. Yeah. It's roots in in history and then they sort of it sort of diverts from there it's but you very still purely have, american it, yeah. you still have all those unpleasant uh awkward conversations <laughs> um which, which i'm sure are are uh, well developed in in that book series mm-hmm. um and make for a better book but may not be the best place to play in uh as, as groups <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I know what you're saying. Yeah, but also, I mean, it does, but it also shows it because, like I said, it, it helps to demonstrate that steampunk can bore, you know, for everybody. There's a group called Airship Ashanti, and it's largely um, black steampunk players here in America. I follow them on Instagram, and they're they're a really interesting bunch. They do a lot of fundraisers. They go around to a lot of conventions. So it just it it helps to show that everyone can be represented in. It. You know, I mean, it's awesome. It's it's, it's on the I. It's not, you know, it's not the, the the running through, you know, foggy Victorian London, you know, chasing the boogeyman, but it's good and it's super exciting. It's really exciting, you know. It's just it's just a different look at the the way that we can do it. Mm-hmm. Like I tend to take the West, you know, the, the out West style gunslinger look myself. Except today I get the top hat, just trying it out. <laughs> they but, they uh, had top hats in the Wild West. They, they did, they did, and I, I you yeah. know, I could stick a whole bird up inside this thing. <laughs> <laughs> I would pay money to see that. <laughs> Since you said that, no, I'm joking. There's not actually a bird up here. If you show up at Steampunk November with a bird under your hat, that will make my my entire year. I'm sorry. It's not going to happen unless oh, it's by no. a complete accident or coincidence. I don't have any birds right now. 
Well, you have till November. You've got months. I'm not getting a bird. Steampunk November, and you can give us the bird. <laughs> you know, there you go. <laughs> just have a big, big foam finger under my. Just pull it up like this. Just a big. <laughs> See, there you go. You construct a little clockwork mechanism to make it spring up out of the top of your hat when you take it off. <laughs> so, last episode, I promised to tell a awkward story about about hats and uh, kind of colonialism and and my poor choices. So I want to tell you that story now. Um, since we were talking about pith helmets, another uh, option that I found that I didn't think was going to be that big a problem at the time, but um, I've got this sort of French oh. Legion uh, hat that I thought was really cool. I hadn't seen one of these before, and it's it, it kind of looks like a, a baseball cap, but it's got a squared off uh, crown and this sort of uh, drape behind. I'm saying this for the podcasters who won't be able to see this earlier <laughs> and it covers up the back of the neck and it's a tan and it, it goes very well with the same costume as the pith helmet and uh, was probably worn over in the uh, over in India and in the Middle East by the opening sequence of the mummy when they do yeah. the fight right has a whole has right. the French foreign legion wearing those French French foreign legion, legion. Yeah. yeah which isn't really it, it's it's too late to be period unless you are going Unless you were going diesel punk, but I didn't care. Well, I mean, if you do long nineteenth century, then that lasted mm -hmm. until you know, the night the nineteen teens. So good count. <laughs> so uh, I went on the steampunk cruise uh, out of out of Galveston, and we went down to uh, the Caribbean. And uh, one day, uh, I think we were in Honduras. Uh, I wore this hat and the, and the costume because uh, it's hot, <laughs> and uh, we were all dressed. You know, sort of foolishly because we're steampunks, um, freaking the straights. But they put people particularly kind of focused on me, like, who is that guy? Why is he wearing that? And uh, somebody asked one of the other people if I was a cop. <laughs> and I, I that's a bizarre <laughs> question. But uh, apparently, that is a, a, a more appropriate police uniform, even now. For uh, police in 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 Honduras, I guess. <laughs> Wait, no. So, Oops. That was weird. <laughs> uh, and well, just because you know, I I didn't do any research and didn't even think about it until I was in it, and then um, so that was that was just odd. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, not everybody's going to think to do. I mean, like I said, I didn't either. But you know, you, you don't always think to do research on. You just you find cool things that you things that look cool together and you put them on and you don't think about it until someone maybe brings it up to you or <laughs> thinks that right. you're a cop Just on the boat. <laughs> you in know. another 20 years, someone's going to wear a red baseball cap and people are like, dude, not cool. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just, it's just one of those things that it's well, my head snaps around now when I see someone in the room. <laughs> make sure there's and nothing it's, across. Maybe it's weird. We'll have all forgotten about that silly business and uh we'll have moved on with oh. things maybe better masks hopefully there we go we're back to that one a hundred years from now we'll be back into masks again yeah <sighs> i mean we don't learn so well sometimes yeah there's like a human cycle <laughs> about a hundred years long. we remember like maybe 80 years out and we forget and we tend to repeat things over again yeah we just yeah well that it could go into something about the quality of our textbooks in schools but that's a different story and another subject entirely. But one of the things <laughs> I mean when I was reading. <laughs> <No. laughs> 
I when I was reading about because I looked up a couple of different articles on like pith helmets and that it is still well they are still used by law enforcement and, you know military in you know India and part that part those parts of the world just because they do they like you said they are protective they do help they're, very, they're, they're effective but you know just so, things to consider so they're what I assume that the local uh, folks in in India are not offended by their local police. Well, I mean department. that's <laughs> so. It's well, not I don't know. I mean, I guess it but depends on the white guy. I mean, let's let's be straight right here, right? <laughs> We've just discovered a very rare bit of audio from former Prime Minister Winston Churchill. Let's have a listen. I, Winston Churchill, wholeheartedly believe. That the Clockwork Cabaret is the finest example of steampunk radio programming. Never before have I heard anything quite so marvelous, and I doubt I shall ever hear anything like it again. Calpurnia, continue on your journey, broadcasting your marvelous music, and sail on to glory! If you would like to find out more about this program, Please check out clockworkcabaret.com or clockworkcabaret.podbean.com or follow us on Twitter at clockworkcabaret. That's C-L-O-C-K-W-R-K-Cabaret. Situational. Another one of those things, because we live where we live, um, I actually have me a, I'm going to be, I think I'm pronouncing it correctly, Shimga? The head, Shimga? Okay. So I have essentially the um the the piece of cloth that the israelis and everyone in the middle east ever wears and i have it in like three different colors if you've seen me in costume i usually have the gold one around my waist or hanging off of me somewhere because dead gummit that's a fantastic piece of cloth and it is wonderful if you're cold you wrap it around your shoulders and it's 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 like two layers or if you literally are hot and you put it on top of your head it it breathes so well and it absorbs your sweat and you're out of the sun it, I used, when I lived out in the middle of nowhere, I used to wear it when mowing my lawn because I could put it in front of my face and over my head, literally look like an extra on, you know, any, any movie while mowing my lawn. But uh, <laughs> it was fantastic. And you know what? I can't wear that hardly anywhere in public. And I can't wear it on now. And uh, the only place I can really do it as long as I'm wearing my costume pieces. And... Most of them are not so. I didn't go with the classic like white and blue one with all the little Israeli marks on it or anything like that. But it does have like houndstooth and whatnot, so it doesn't look like I'm trying to literally be a Middle Eastern, you know, regime holder of any type because those are, frankly, really cheap and really easy to get a hold of. And but they're you know you, you see like Gaddafi wearing them all the time. You see them in the SCA. You see them in the SCA a lot. Yeah. Really? Yes. Hmm. I knew a bunch of men who wore those. In the, yeah. Even people that had like Celtic and, you know, Welsh and personality. Fantastically and made. I yeah. hate the fact that it's not culturally appropriate for me to wear it in public. A lot of fire. Or, or I could be shot in like Walmart for wearing it over here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My, my thought was the people you're offending are. are East Texas white people. Well, I was going to say, that's on a different side of it, though, is he's wearing that, then there are people may not take kindly to what they think is, you know. You know, sometimes it's okay yep. to piss people off. I mean, <laughs> just don't get yeah, shot over it. That's, I was going to say, I mean, at this point, just be careful. <laughs> it's like, if I go around wearing that, I'm going to get called all sorts of really, really bad names that should not exist in our current environment, but do. 
And because uh, it's been done, and I'm just like, maybe I shouldn't wear this in Midland, Texas, or anywhere really. Well, but, Texas is and it's just real. people's weird preconceived notions. And my neighbor would watch me mowing it, and he's like, "Why are you wearing that?" And he's like, "He owns a gun store." And <laughs> yeah, and so I walk over to him, I'm like, "Put this on your head," because he wasn't wearing anything, and he puts it on. And he's like, "Oh my gosh, this is fantastic!" <laughs> it's a yeah. Like, and ever since then, I'm like, sombreros are perfect for what they do. They give you tree amounts of shade. And cowboy hats are just minimalistic when it comes to those things. Like, I understand <laughs> those dudes and those old westerns that have a hat that goes 18 feet in every direction that, like, encompasses their horse for shade. And I have I'm one like, of those. That's a smart <laughs> just man. surrounds the entire horse. I, it's like, I, you and five other would, dudes can stand under that hat. When I was in Mexico, I bought a straw hat. It was like a cowboy hat, but the the brim was almost at probably two feet across. Yes, and, and, it's an uh, umbrella. You know, I <laughs> I bought it there at the at the the touristy area, and then for the rest of the day, all the locals looked and laughed at me. <laughs> and all you do is point back and laugh back. I, <laughs> I'm there to have a good time. I'm never going to see you guys again. <laughs> Just get the one with like the millions of tassels all the way around. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's that line we're we're looking to not cross. I don't I don't know. Fast <laughs> facts cross the line at tassels. <laughs> Yet another thing I would honestly love to see if you showed up and with so the tassels. If you join our Patreon, you get to watch our steampunk after dark, which we go into more about this whole tassel thing with packs. Packs and tassels. <laughs> I need to get that jazz riff, <laughs> the sexy after dark jazz riff, just to start hitting that every time. Let's do it. Let's do it. I'll, I'll learn the guitar riff, and you just give me the voice, and we'll put it together. We'll have it like as an additive that that Dax can just like hit a button, like throw in here. <laughs> getting hot there. I'll say. See, you got, yep, you got your you got your, uh, your 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 sweat liquor right there. I think. Okay. Uh, do we have other hats to talk about? I guess. Yes. Oh, oh, you go first. You go no, first. no, you go first. Uh, well, uh, I'm going to find some that were not exactly straight out in the open when it came to me. I was like, I looked up inappropriate hats to wear. And <laughs> most of the time it was ball caps with some really raunchy things said on it. I'm like, you yeah. know what? Most uh, of these I don't hate. It's just I would never wear them around my mother um, <laughs> or people I liked. But uh, Davy Crockett's um, coonskin hat came cat. Out, yeah, I'm which not is very culturally appro- cultural appropriate. But it was culturally appropriated during the time period of when it got popular. So I'm not really totally sure how to feel about that one. But like, it was obviously Native American. And reading about it a bit here, I had to pour it. Well, it blew up in the 50s, didn't it, when the TV show came out? Yeah, and I guess that would be the time period for it to be weird, too. But like, even <laughs> as a kid, I owned a coonskin hat. And these days, I'll admit that I'm more annoyed for the fact that we're killing raccoons over it because I like them more than I like the hat. And uh, <laughs> You don't know enough raccoons. I was going to say, I yeah. a lot of raccoons. As long as they're not in my trash or in my roof, I'm like okay. I said, According to our animal control guy, they are spicy. <laughs> oh yeah, no, they are, nice. they are Pisces. They are Pisces animals. Yeah. But uh, I also rehabilitated two of them, and they're in, they're wicked smart. They're like the mm. Ferengi on our planet. They're, they're <laughs> literally they'll trade you anything. They know what you like. They will go and they'll grab it. They'll bring it to you for trade for food. 
Crows and, will do the same thing. Yeah, crows, yeah. crows, and, ra- and raccoons. If we have to leave this planet and come back, they're the ones that are taking over, and we're going to have to do business <laughs> with them next. But uh, so really the coonskin cool. hat. Yeah. Um, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I, I was just really surprised when you said that that was a a Native American hat first. I'd never seen. Mm-hmm. I'd, I'd never seen it that worn except by like. Uh, it's because David Crockett. David Crockett, yeah, or the David fur trappers, Tra- yeah, fur trappers, and then it became really popular uh, among uh, colonials. And uh, it's funny because the actual Daniel Boone never actually wore a coonskin hat. I that thought it was, was David Crockett. Well, yeah, David Davey, Crockett, but, Davey, but Daniel Crockett. Boone uh, did not actually wear coonskin hats, which he disliked. Instead, he wore felt hats. But the explorer Mary Weather Lewis with the Coonskin hat from the Lewis Clark expedition. So, Sorry, y'all. <laughs> I don't know. It's it's funny because yeah, Davy Crockett did wear one, but uh, like Daniel Boone was portrayed wearing them in in movies, and he did not like them, and uh, they were itchy, which makes sense. Raccoon fur is not fur; it's actually yeah. hair, uh, so it, it acts a little different. There's like 18 layers to that stuff um well being and my husband brushed a raccoon before my husband just announced in the chat that he had both a coonskin cap and a headdress an native headdress. american headdress so <laughs> yeah. we need to talk about that i mean that's so blatantly that's... uh not <laughs> cool 80s though yeah. i mean you know the, the 80s and early 90s like even in my like i remember one day very clearly in kindergarten where we made our it, it was we were learning about indians thanksgiving so we were, yeah yeah, and so we we made the headbands and we made the feathers and we and if you did well and you had like major things throughout the week you got more feathers. So it was you know kind of like how you actually earned it. You earn your headdress, and so like mm-hmm. I get it now. But I look back going, I mean, I get it. I'm not totally sure how else to explain. I'm not I'm not a teacher, so I don't have to worry about it. But stop that. Yeah, stop. like. I don't mind like teaching. I would love to teach more about Native Americans because I, uh, one of my best friends, uncles, and like in my town, like was related directly to the Comanches. And so when we did the history of Old Coke County in Texas, like we had him dress up in Native American garb and give the story of what happened to the you know to the, the Native Americans in the area, and so. You know, but he was the only one that could pull that off. At least everyone felt that way. And so when he stopped doing it, we didn't have that part and even took over for um, just because it felt wrong. And well, so, I mean, word still hasn't really gotten out well enough because you still have women 20s and 30s at Coachella wearing, you know, white girls wearing Native American headdress. Oh, just the appropriation is just, it, yeah. So yeah. here's the question I have. When does, a, when does appropriation become bad? Because, all right, let's just take, let's just take like, um, since we were talking about that's opening Maverick a can of worms, Top man. Gun, and that's what in we're here for early tonight. part of this. We have the Last Samurai, and the, so that, is the cor- that's White Savior, White Savior mythology. Well, okay, so there's White Savior <clears throat> syndrome for sure because obviously he should have died in all that mess too because he's not they didn't, Superman. Yeah. But barring that, if you go and you live in someone's cult, you've basically become part of that culture. When does it... Or actually, they mentioned this as well in the uh, TV show Cobra Kai, because the main character, who very deep into Okinawan lore culture and was trained by Mr. Miyagi, and it's really part of him, and he starts selling bonsai trees at his you know Ford dealership, essentially. But 
and his home is done done up in very Asian Asian manner. He made a commercial for his dojo, and it had you know Okinawan music, and someone called him out for pro- cultural pro- cultural appropriation. And I'm just like, so well, how does that okay. work? Let I'm me confused. say this: as a 46 year old white woman who was born and raised in Texas, I don't nah, feel no. that it's my place to tell to to say what is or is, I will go by the cues that I am given by the cultures yeah. that are being appropriated and that's it's not my place to say you know no that that that's fine that should I mean I'm well speaking as someone who has a Chinese character tattooed on the back of my neck <laughs> which I got in 96 when everybody was doing it we didn't you know it wasn't a thing back then and now I'm like I really want to get this thing covered up <laughs> I hate it uh. it sucks but you know it's I I guess it matters when I would think the difference is if you have been told, if this has brought, been brought to your attention and you have been told by a person from that particular culture that, or multiple people or whoever from that culture that this is offensive, they don't like this, this is, you know, because it, it also has to do with not, all, not always understanding the stories mm-hmm. and the purposes behind the things that you're appropriating. There could be larger histories there like Native American ornamentation yeah, we the don't all yes. mean something it's not just the, decorative. the breastplate everything you know the, the bone breastplates all of it we yeah. don't have that's not our culture we don't have the spiritual or the religious or the cultural like dressing up like a cardinal mm-hmm. for the church and wandering around <laughs> it would be kind of weird i get that and uh, <laughs> like i think that's the part people don't that? realize huh you haven't done that <laughs> no no, I mean, I mean, I mean, I have, but I'm not, you know, that, that's a, a different time. And I I'm holding off. willing to throw out a, you know, rule of thumb. Um, oh, okay. Well, maybe Ooh, I'm saying that. Fax is but, rule of thumb. But oh. uh, if, if your culture of uh, your, your cultural forebears were colonizers or uh, colonizers of another culture, probably shouldn't try to take cues from that culture yeah that's i mean cultural drift happens but colonization different thing (laughs) yeah here's actually another way of putting Uh, it for uh people who are are really into japanese culture uh, the japanese uh, seem to have the opinion that they were not colonized by by uh white people although we tried you know uh 16th century Mm -hmm. we tried to uh yep uh, trade them into the dirt tried real hard but Generally, Japanese people are thrilled to have other people learn more about their culture and want to take parts from it and, and you know, play with it. Um, now, that doesn't necessarily go for anything you find that's Japanese. They're, they have their own uh, religions and, and things that are, that are sacred to them that you need to learn what are and not mess with those. But I think that's a much, it's a much more nuanced situation with, with, uh, people who are into uh, Japanese culture or want to learn more about Chinese culture uh, than the white guy who wants to wear a Native American headdress. I mean, that's... <laughs> Having an understanding of these things is important, is very yeah. important, you know, why why these things matter, why... And it's not just the fact that it looks cool. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and yeah, the, a lot of these things do, but there's so much more behind it. There's so much history, and especially when you look at colonized populations indigenous populations that have been colonized a lot of you know much of what they have may have been a response to colonization and so that adds even more depth and more layers to it that need to be considered you know it's just 
it's not that's hard. Why that's why we're here. So, so uh, yeah. try to uh, learn a little bit more so we can be more sensitive to situations that, um, that, that take a, a certain amount of nuance, that take a certain amount of knowledge of what's going on and how you're being perceived. Um, let's talk about Before it. You stick it on your, uh, your uh, uniform. Maybe you go read about it. <laughs> There's another, uh, another hat that, that might oh. be considered. Uh, oh, the fez. <laughs> the, the fez. Uh, fez is here. Run. Which is, which is I, I just put on the fez for the podcasters. Um, and the one I am wearing is a, a sort of velvet colored, very tall, uh, rounded square. It looks off. like you're wearing a cake with a tassel. Yeah, with a tassel on it. Um, what's, which, which I found particularly funny about these is this is this has nothing to do with a Turkish fez or, or <laughs> nobody in the Middle East or, or Turkey wore these. These were created by Hollywood in the 40s uh, to, I mean, one might argue that they were sort of making caricatures of, of uh, Turkish and, and medieval people uh, for, for those programs or to communicate uh, this, this caricature. Exotic, of, uh, exotic flair. Which yeah. now I think is sort of hilarious and it's kind of why I like the hat. But I also need to be aware that that this is the history, and maybe an actual Turkish person would think it's not that cool. It's not funny. Um, yeah. See, I always associate that with Shriners, but I don't know if that's just sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Secret societies, Shriners. Yeah. Uh, I also saw only a secret society could come up with a hat like that. I saw a what I would consider closer to an actual Turkish fez, which is it's still uh, squared off, uh, but it's much shorter. A much shorter, sort of soft hat that, that that sits on your head. I don't think it has a tassel. Like uh, Benny from the Mummy, from the first Mummy. Yeah, movie. Benny, yeah. the yeah, that's what he was. New friend, didn't you, Benny? <laughs> yeah, that's what he was wearing. Unfortunately, that character was still a caricature. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I oh, he was trying to cultural appropriate a lot of things on his neck. A Victorian men's smoking hat. Uh, which looks a lot more like more like a fez. Still has a tassel, but it's shorter and very rich fabrics and some embroidery. Um, I'm still not sure if that would be a good choice in all such circumstances, uh, unless you were joining a secret society or something. Uh, You're gonna put on your fez and ride around in a tiny car. What do you think of the the historical fez or the uh, Hollywood? Goofy says, as far as, you know, is, is that okay to wear? And where is it okay to wear that? I don't know. It feels like that falls into a weird area where it's hard to, because it's, it feels it like a mock. Yeah. It, it feels like a mockery, but like I said, I, I didn't, I didn't know that about Hollywood, the Hollywood inventing that version of it. Like I said, I just remember it from Shriners commercials when I was a kid. That's the only <laughs> thing I remember it from is the Shriners and their tiny cars and their fez with the tassel. I didn't tiny know it was a... <laughs> now, I mean, with that said, we've kind of watched a weird cultural appropriation in our time of Middle East again, um, because we've had so many more, our military has been over there for what, 30 years or 40 years now, like hookahs and hookah bars and that style and that those kind of things have come across 
And I've heard people liken it to kind of, you know, spoils of war or well, not really spoils of war since we're not like taking it and bringing it home exactly. But, um, you know, it, foreign militaries going overseas and bringing back culture of other places they've been to. And like Britain is very much built on that. And oh, um, yeah. like you can even see it in their architecture, like three floors of this building was during one time period. And then obviously, oh, you could definitely tell this time period, this time period of this building is like strata and rock was, oh, they were definitely in the in, you know, in, in India at that time, because you can see the change in the building and then above it, you know, it goes differences. But uh, that is that is one thing that tend to do as societies that bring back culture from other people have been we were there peacefully or not uh, no rome did it too i mean yeah and, rome very much know. did it I, I think what we're struggling with is the fact mm -hmm. that cultural appropriation is a natural human uh process that this is how we you know exchange cultural ideas and uh sometimes it's it's awkward and painful like where, where we're at now but it's also extremely common across the span of history we're all raccoons we like to grab well, things oh, well, cool. yeah but uh, but like we said there's a difference between cultures that have just you know like italy and spain or you know places in europe where they interacted with each other and ideas drift across versus coming in and you know forcefully sending ideas back you know soldiers stationed in india or egypt or wherever and sending those ideas back to britain which becomes a fascination with orient orientalism you know or the mummy fascination that everyone had in you know the 19th century when mummies were just being carted off to england for unwrapping parties so there is a <laughs> which is just so horrifying but there is a difference between inter cultural interchanges and exchanges and the forceful forceful exchange of cultural ideas mm -hmm. you know and i think right. that's also something to to keep in mind you know how how the exchanges have happened and why you know where we got the things that we have and how were they extracted so it's just you know little things to keep in mind that's all we're not always going to get it right but you know just know a little something yeah. about the things that you choose to wear or you know, adorn your body you know, don't get ill-advised tattoos when you're 19. You know? I think <laughs> that could be said about anything though like <laughs> Don't do anything when you're 19. Just wait till you're 21. Let's <laughs> just wait a year or two. Come on. Just, and think about it for a minute. Maybe ask some more friends. Of, of all the things you could have done, getting a Chinese character on a tattoo, that doesn't seem all that bad. Just sign of the times. Depending on like I said, it was 96. Everybody was getting them. It was <laughs> the, one of the most popular. Mo I knew so many girls that had them on the back of their neck or like the... Thing I have on my lower back, you know. There's a lot of bad tattoo choices in the mid to late. I mean, 90s. even what's her name? Uh, I think I think what you said. We're we're often not going to get it right, and I think it's okay to give yourself uh, some forgiveness. <laughs> if you're <laughs> yeah, if you're trying, you know, um, to to make mistakes, and then uh, like like I did in in the Caribbean, learn from my mistakes, and maybe not wear that police uniform uh, uh, over there again that's you know it is what it is be <laughs> so mindful of your choices said, yeah. with Just that said my grandfather went to russia and he was wearing at the time he had a i wasn't even an nra hat i can't remember what it was it was just a it was he oil filled guy. It was an oil company, and they had on the ball cap. It had those um, golden um, like leaflets, like you would see on military hats. Mm -hmm. It's just a ball cap with like an oil rig on it, with these with these like florets coming down like this on the on the ball cap bit. 
And apparently he got some special treatment when he was over in Russia. And finally on the end, the, um, the guy, their, their, um, their, um, their guide, there we go. Their guide finally <laughs> asked the question. Um, it's like, are you in the military? Grandfather's like, no, but like this entire time, like all these like major Russian officials and everything thinks he's like some sort of general. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, so they had like vodka shipped to his house and stuff like that. But yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh Oops. He didn't, they didn't ask. He didn't say. You know, he's just like, this is cool. <laughs> and he, so he had another one of those kind of mistaken identity things going on where, you know, things taken look cool and someone puts it on their hat because they wanted to be light and slightly different and gets completely taken out of proportion. Yep. Just because it looks but, cool uh, doesn't always mean that you should. That's why I say you should give yourself some black. You, you never know what kind of. <laughs> oopsie you're going to make in, in traveling. Uh, yep. Hopefully not too terrible. Uh, a friend of mine who, who travels extensively, one of the things I like to quote of him is he says, uh, you can get out of almost any trouble with a hundred US dollars. That, that's true. <laughs> so, uh, you know, just be ready. <laughs> you're like, oops, my bad. <laughs> Well, and the other thing to consider is if someone brings up something about your outfit or your steampunk outfit that you've put mm -hmm. a lot of time and effort into, and they bring something up to you about it, don't freak out. <laughs> don't it lose what your mind. What can we do to make Just, this better? And yeah, hand them a hundred dollars. No, no, no. But maybe we don't encourage bribery. <laughs> That's not bribery. It's it's consolement money. No. Just, you know, listen to what they have to say. Don't yeah. Constructive criticism is it's not a bad thing. I think it's yep. like a good conversation. I, I think... Uh, I At think least that's what the two white guys and the white girl say. I mean, we would, <laughs> love, yeah. we would love to have the three middle-aged white people. On this. We're working with what we got here. I, I, you know. <laughs> can't just, I can't just... No. But I like to think we've, we've, uh, we've opened up the conversation. Um, we've broken the seal. <laughs> Got past the awkwardness, maybe a little. Oh, all right, everybody, come back, come to our comments and yell at us and tell us how bad and horrible we are, and we'll have a we'll have a redo video where we meet all your comments. Yeah, yeah, we'll all smoke a hookah about it and uh, decide uh, how we're going to move forward. <laughs> just like I said, we're not, you know, everybody has to make their own choice, and you like what you like. Just like I said, be mindful of the things that you choose, you know, and there's nothing wrong with looking into, I mean, like I said, in the SCA, you deeply, deeply study the things that you're going to be wearing when you develop a persona. Steam, why is steampunk any different? Some just do. because it's alternate history. Well, yeah, some do. Some <laughs> definitely don't. Some just throw on a tunic and call it a day, but you know. I want to hit people with a sword. Basically, my yeah. sword? <laughs> <laughs> just, you know, do some research. It's not going to hurt you, you know. Or research will come and do you. <laughs> And you'll be out a hundred dollars. Oh my god! Hundred dollars. Yep. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, yeah. Let me uh, wind this up. Uh, I want to, uh, before we end tonight, of course, I want to thank our patrons on Patreon, particularly because the bill came this month, and they really, they really helped us out. So uh, thank you to the Dowager Duchess Claire Bear, Jenny and Ryan Shaver. Kitty Vincent, who just finished her uh, season of uh, Red and Fairs, and she's, she uh, is back to listening to our show. Thank you. And Rita and Lawrence Allen, who are always in the audience. Thank you, guys. Um, 
If you're not listening to us now, you can find us on Facebook at Texas Steampunk Connection. Uh, you can email us at Texas Steampunk Connection at gmail.com. Uh, our podcast is Texas Steampunk Connection podbean.com and we're on twitter at tx steam connect one and uh we're on youtube and rumble sometimes through steam chat i'm working on that description box um sporadically <laughs> and our book is zapsplat.com zap splat uh thank you also to matt davis who's been uh talking to us about uh in the comments about what he's a vocal host He's giggling uh, in the other room. Puka's <laughs> and uh, I, I want I want to read this. This he, he writes. Puka uh, had become very popular in some cities in Texas since the Middle Eastern oil boom in the 50s and 60s, when the businessmen set up shop in Houston. Now the hookah bars yeah. I've seen have been run by folks from the Middle East. There's a Lebanese restaurant in South Austin that also has hookahs event. So I feel like that's been appropriated. They, they brought it with them. And yeah, that's funny the because street. they brought it from over here because we had these big oil conventions since the 50s and 60s. And so for about six, well, three to four months out of the year, most of our hotels were rented out during these major conventions like this. And they're long conventions because they're going to all these different businesses that are doing oil. That, and basically all this oil research we've been coming up with, we're sharing with them. And uh, because we do, we drill on average deeper holes by two to three times deeper than they drill. And so we're trying to figure out how to change information around. And one of the best uh, Middle Eastern restaurants ever is in Midland. I find it kind of funny. It's a great place to eat. I'm still laughing about how deep our holes are. I know. I'm trying not to laugh, but then Zach starts giggling. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Because we are 12 years old. Yes, we are. are. Uh, Do you have anything else to add before we... uh, in the show tonight. <laughs> no. Okay. Well, uh, we are. <laughs> thank you all for, for tuning in. We really appreciate you. Uh, and until two weeks from today, mind your gauges. Mind your gauges. <laughs> <laughs>